0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the OnBase podcast. My name is Dylan Nightingale, and we're back after a long hiatus. And today I'm joined by a very special guest. I thought, you know, what better way to end the hiatus than bringing on Toronto Blue Jays infielder, David Schneider. How are you doing today, my man?
1: Good, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Of course. You know, I'm super pumped to get this started back up. It's been a minute, but, you know, I'm looking forward to a great episode and look forward to keeping this, you know, a little more consistent from now on. So perfect way to get started. Hey, let's do it. All right. Yeah, man, just starting off. um, How's this offseason been for you? I know it's a big offseason coming off a pretty huge year for you, but uh, especially one, you know, as important as this one. Could you walk us through like what your training routine looks like? Maybe like your diet, uh, how you are doing in the gym, anything like that as you're ramping up for spring training?
1: Yeah, I mean, I took a little bit of time off when it came to baseball stuff in the offseason just because, you know, it's a long year and I feel like uh, I think it's a good thing when you take that time off as a baseball player. You need like that month or two to where you're not really picking up a bat. You're not throwing or anything. So I feel like that is a good thing for me. But, um, you know, I'm always in the gym. I'm always working out. They have a workout plan for me that I follow. I do my own stuff here and there, but I kind of follow what they have me doing. And it's like food wise, I kind of eat relatively healthy when i can i mean i used to be a really chubby kid back in the day so like i i try to <laughs> watch here, what man. i eat and everything yeah i try to eat what I eat from time to time but you know it's tough sometimes but you know stick with that healthy healthy diet and you know um it's hopefully what i'm doing right now it's going to pay off in in, uh, in the spring and in the summer so we'll see what happens yep sounds good that's awesome when are you um
0: heading to you know spring training um what are you like planning on going down there
1: Actually, I literally, so my buddy lives in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm from New Jersey, obviously. And yep. so I literally drove down today, stopped in Charleston. So I'm currently in Charleston right now. Oh, wow. And then, I, and then I'm going down to Florida. I'm go, It's kind of relatively early for most people, but I'm getting down there early. My buddy lives in Miami. So I'm going to stay there for about a week and a half and then head over to spring training, probably beginning of February. Still kind of early-ish, but I'd, I'd rather get down there early and kind of get situated and settled in and kind of get my feet wet before you know everyone else gets there yeah it's awesome i mean appreciate you
0: making mm-hmm. the time for this in charleston but, yeah of course you know um you're coming off a big year as i kind of alluded to before we'll get into that um in a bit but for those listening that don't really know you're drafted out of high school in the 20th round Rutgers commit and i'm sure you've heard a million times but that itself is a wild story And as as I was looking through your numbers, I saw you hit four fifty four in high school, which is, you know, nothing to snare at. But at what point
1: did it hit you? You might have a chance at going pro. To be honest, not until the day I got drafted. Because I always thought I was good enough, but I, I definitely got overlooked a lot. I mean, just because I'm from New Jersey. I'm not the biggest guy. I don't throw the ball relatively hard. I don't hit the ball 500 feet. So, like, I definitely got overlooked. But I always thought I was good enough, just in general. I mean, I committed to the Rutgers, but I always thought I was good enough to go play down south, but it just didn't turn out that way. And so, I mean, I only had one team come to my house and sit down with me. And usually you have all 30 teams if you're that guy. So I only had one team, and I was the Blue Jays. So that was my only chance to kind of get drafted and get into pro ball. And so they kind of took a chance on me. They waited till the 28th round to do it. But, uh, you know, I kind of was – going to sign no matter what whether that was the 40th round that year or the first round so I always knew I was going to go it just mattered what round and I didn't care about the money I always signed for 50 grand which in hindsight it's it, a lot of money to me like 50 grand as a high school kid it's like damn that's for sure it's a yeah. lot of money right and then meanwhile you have other guys like my friends who are signed for like millions of dollars and you know and, and money wasn't the biggest component for me I just wanted to kind of run with it because I always thought I was talented enough and so if I got the foot in the door then you know I could really make this work and I didn't need to go to college in order to make that happen I thought if I went out of high school I could still develop the same way I didn't need I didn't need college for that so I kind of got lucky in that aspect though because it all worked out for the best I mean obviously things could have changed and things could have went a different way but you know I'm grateful for it to happen and you know looking back at it I made the right decision if you look at it like that
0: yeah hundred percent I mean you kind of mentioned it for a second there. The, uh, you said you'd still sign if they draft you in the 40th round. That round doesn't even exist anymore. There's so many rounds after COVID that don't exist. And, you know, it's yeah. kind of wild to take a step back and realize that there's only a handful amount of guys who've made it to the big leagues being drafted, you know, so far back in the draft. Because back then, I want to say back then, but relatively recently, teams were taking so many players. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's just even more impressive to think that 20th rounder big leagues, you know.
1: So, yeah, I mean it, just looking at it it's like I said it it shouldn't matter what round you're in. I mean obviously people get more opportunities whether you know they're top rounders but I, mean, I feel like if you're good enough I feel like you'll make it. Obviously there's a lot of luck involved and you know a lot of politics when it comes to pro ball and everyone knows that that's in professional baseball there's a lot of politics and a lot of you know stuff like that but I feel like if you're good enough you're going to find a way to get there. And obviously, there's a lot of luck, like I said, but, you know, I think things always work out at the end.
0: Of course, yeah, all all that matters is results and, you know, producing mm-hmm. on the field. So that's a really good way to yeah. put it. Um, Before we get into the big league stuff, uh, I also want to highlight that you spent time at every minor league level, which isn't necessarily like a common thing to do, but sort of just like a random question based on that. Have you had like a veteran come in on like a rehab assignment and do something cool for a team that you're on, whether that was pick up a meal i know i've heard some extreme cases of like scherzer buying gifts for a team so Mm -hmm. i was wondering if you had any situations
1: like that yeah i think it was i forget what year it was i'm pretty sure it was 2018 we were in extended spring training so that was my yeah my first spring training i think it was 2018 Mm -hmm. or 2019 but uh tulawitzki was with us and he was rehabbing he was coming back from his like two ankle or achilles injuries and I remember him just like, he sat like all the guys and extended down and we kind of had like a meeting with him and like, he'd like told us his story and we asked him questions and stuff like that. But he was just like a really cool guy to be around because he never really like big league you. He always talked to you. He said, what's up in the hallways and stuff like that. Like he never really made, made that point where he was better than you just because he played baseball. It doesn't mean he doesn't interact with you. Right. So yeah. like, that was cool for that, that, that for that to happen, but that was kind of like the only interaction, like a big leaguer wise that kind of rehabbed with us. Obviously, he had like a couple other guys, but like that was like the biggest one at the time that I could really, really remember. But it was cool just to hear his experience and his kind of like mental side of baseball, like, because he wasn't playing at the time. So, like, and it was kind of the end of his career. But it was just, it was really cool to see that from his perspective.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a, I'm happy you highlighted that because uh, Tool is a warrior. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a Yankee yeah. fan. So I remember he signed with us um towards the end of his career and just watching yeah. him you know f- i know he didn't last long in a yankee uniform but he's a grinder for sure he dealt with some tough injuries so i'm sure like being um so fresh into pro ball and healing hearing his perspective on some stuff like that um, you know it's, yeah. it's a big deal mm-hmm. but yeah no i gotta i gotta ask the classic question because i only dance around it for so long getting a call to the big leagues after spending time at you know i just said every minor league level what kind of emotions were going through your head and where were
1: you when you got that news yeah, I mean, like you said, I spent every, or I spent time at every level, but I spent three years at rookie ball. So, like, it's not like I hit every level. I spent three years at rookie ball, which is kind of hard to do. And so, like, it's a league, you know. But, um, you know, I was in, we were, obviously, I was in AAA. I was in Lehigh when I got the call. My manager called me into his office, and I had no idea. I had zero clue that it was, even like, what was possible because I wasn't on the 40-man at the time. So, being on the 40, it's kind of hard to get caught up like and you know you hear rumors and stuff like that because i was still doing well but you know you never really think of anything about it so he called me into the office he told me you know i called my parents right away and i was literally 20 minutes later i was on a car ride to philly going to boston so like it happened pretty quick and my parents kind of were like the ones that told everyone else back home and all my family and friends but uh, i was i was literally on a car ride to boston and it was, um, it was, it was cool. Like that whole weekend, it was pretty special. I mean, like just a lot of my friends and family made it up that way. So it was, uh, it was cool to share it with them and, you know, have them kind of watch it and just really kind of just be there for me. It was, that was like the best part about just having everyone there because it was close enough to where everyone could make it.
0: Yeah, I'm sure Fenway, it's like no joke. I mean, that's definitely on my bucket list to get ah. there. I, I haven't been there yet, but making your big league debut at Fenway. is cool enough. Homering in her first at bat, you know, that alone's ridiculous, but what was like a moment that really stuck out to you um, as a major leaguer and made you really like think like, wow, you know, I'm here. This is it.
1: Um, I don't, that's a tough one. Like I feel like the whole experience was st- still just so, so surreal for me. Like, from the, all the, from the plane rides to like, you know, the, meeting the team and everything like that. But like, I tell this to a lot of people, the first night I landed in Boston, Whit Merrifield texted me and was like, yo, come to the room, whatever, everyone's here. So I got to meet the whole team kind of beforehand because I wasn't, I didn't get invited to the big leagues from training last year. That's crazy. So I didn't really, I didn't really kind of meet anyone or everyone. Mm-hmm. i kind of, you know, through passing, but it wasn't like, you know, we're on the same team. So I met them that night and it was kind of cool just like to be part of that team, not even on the field yet, just kind of just like hanging around the guys and kind of just really get that team camar- camaraderie and um, that was a cool experience that kind of made me feel a little bit more relaxed and just kind of you know, go out there and play the next day but like the plane rides are sick. I mean, that's probably the biggest yeah, like I'm thing sure. I can really say about the league. It's just like, that's like that's when I knew like, All right, this is different the plane rides. I mean we me and um my buddy spence and ernie clement say it all the time it's like the plane ride are show that's for sure like the the greatest thing about the uh the show is just like the plane ride but you know the whole experience was just like pretty surreal i still look back at him like damn did that all that did all that just happen last year but you know i'm grateful for it to happen and you know i'm ready for next year and whatever that entails
0: absolutely and you said it yourself but those playing rides I'm sure are a lot different than those minor league bus rides. I know those road trips could be brutal at some points. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, no, staying on the same topic a little bit. Um being in the system for quite some time now, were there any veterans when you got to the team that um you kind of looked up to so far? Like not not as a player but more so like as a person. It didn't have to be on your note, uh, your debut team, but just in general, just anyone you've looked up to.
1: Um yeah, I mean, we like, just on our team from last year, I mean, we had a lot of veterans on that team, like a lot of guys who were in the league for a long time. And, you know, they've been through it, you know, Belt won a couple World Series with the Giants. You know, Witt's been the hit AL hit leader for a lot of years. Um, KK, a lot of gold gloves. Springer won a World Series. Like, there's a lot of guys on that team that have been through the league and seen a lot of stuff. And so that was – I feel like I got lucky in that aspect because there were just so many good guys – and a lot of veterans who kind of just put me under their wing. And it, it wasn't just what it was basically everyone on that team that kind of just made me feel like I was part of the team right from the start. And so I kind of got lucky. And I don't know how other teams work or, you know, they do any rookie hazings, but I didn't really get anything right. or get, and get any the short end of the stick on that one. So I was kind of lucky. But, you know, I'm grateful for the guys that we had last year. And a lot of guys are coming back, but obviously we don't have whip, we don't have Bell or chapman too i mean we could re-sign him but you know as of now they are not but like i said i I just got lucky and you know i'm grateful for it to happen
0: yeah um you kind of alluded to it a little bit but the um the clubhouse was kind of an interesting mix you know a relatively younger team but definitely a few established veterans. So I was wondering Mm -hmm. what are the vibes like in in a clubhouse like that when it's still like a really young team, but also some older guys, you know, to keep people in check and uh, maybe like teach them some lessons as you're going through
1: a long season like that. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I was only there for two months. So like, I didn't really get the beginning of the season and like, you know, July and June. So like that, I can't really attest to, but the two months that I was there, it was great, like we had good chemistry. The vibes in the clubhouse were good, even after a couple of losses, like you know we're like you know flush it you know onto the next one, can't control what we did yesterday, just focus on tomorrow, and so the vibes on that aspect were good, like I didn't really have any like trouble or see anything in the clubhouse where like that really stood out to where this is like a bad clubhouse. I thought the guys were great to each other, they were great to me. we were you know it was just good vibes all around, so I can't really speak to anything bad when it came to anything in the clubhouse because it was we did have a young team like you know Bo Vladdy all those guys but most of them were just veterans and kind of been around the league so it kind of really taught everyone just kind of like don't press you know go out there do you get your work in and make sure you know you're as much as prepared for that day as you can be and you know if we lose as long as we're prepared and made sure that we're at our best then it doesn't matter
0: yeah, I think it's a great mentality to have, especially when it really does all come down to team chemistry. Um, more more so like off the field stuff. You guys aren't really mm-hmm. clicking. I mean, I'm speaking as if I know, but if you guys aren't really clicking in the clubhouse, I'm sure it's gonna be um a lot harder to get it done on the field. So I know that's super yeah, 100%, important when it comes for sure. to success. All right, going back to your debut and you know, your stats alone. I think I was looking through the numbers, but I think the most wild stat from obviously your hot start was was your uh thirteen hundred fifteen OPS to start a career through your first twenty five games, which was the highest in MLB history in that amount of games? What's that like having your name in the history books? You know, this early on in
1: your career. Uh, I mean, I don't. People ask me that. Like, I I literally don't know how to feel about it. Like, I like it's great, but like, you know, personal accomplishments are great. Like, people, you know, you want to make sure you do well and like, you know, make sure your, your um accolades are done first, but it, you know, when you get to the show, especially like later in the season, like in August and September, like everyone is set to, you know, go to the playoffs and try to win a world series. So like, it is cool to have like my name, be a part of that, but it wasn't like priority number one. Like I wanted to make sure I was doing my best to help this team win. and I wasn't set out to like, you know, go three for four that day whatever that day entails to help our team win I wanted to do that and I know that's cliche to say but it it is true because like at the end of the day you try to you want to win a world series for that team that you're on and so I think we had a really good chance last year obviously we came up short but we were just very talented and next year or this year we're still going to be as talented even more so so I mean it is cool to have those accolades and Numbers, but at the end of the day, it's not the number one goal you're you're trying to do on a, on the baseball field. You're trying to win a World Series for that team because if you're out there with those guys that you spend eight months out of the year with. And so, if you're only focusing on yourself, then you're kind of you're going to do worse as as a player. So you just got to make sure you're helping trying to help the team win, no matter what you can do.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a perfect way to look at it. I know a lot of guys definitely say that, but it's, it's super important to put the team first, as you said, mm-hmm. but I'm, I got one more thing about numbers. Um, You ran into a little cold streak towards the end of the year, which was obviously inevitable. You're the hottest hitter on the planet. So it was going to happen at some point. And I, I, honestly, the more I looked at the numbers, and I don't even think this is cherry picking the numbers at all, but you're absolutely ripping the ball still and you're hitting some hard outs and like I said, going back to the numbers, your barrel, sweet spot, chase, and walk rates were still among the league's best as you were going through that slump. Um, No stranger to adversity, but how frustrating is it to go through a slump, especially when you're pretty much getting unlucky like that because doing everything you can?
1: Yeah, I mean, at the time, I didn't really feel like I was slumping that bad. Like Obviously, Oprah 31, that's a long streak, right? But I feel like my friends and People that were watching me were more stressed out at it than more were more stressed out about it than me. They were texting me like, "Dude, how you feeling?" Like, you know, you're <laughs> they they didn't like point out like I was hitless, but they're like, "How you feeling?" Like, you all right? You doing all right? And I'm like, "Dude, I'm in the show." Like, I yeah, it's not like I could care less, but like things are worse in the world than going over four in a baseball game, and that's the way I looked at it when I was going through that cold streak because like I didn't feel like I was doing as bad as I did, which I think kind of helped me mentally to try to get out of that. Because if you're thinking about it too much and you're like, okay, you're focusing on every single thing and you're just going to get worse. But, you know, you, you still try to go to the park every day to work on what you need to work on. Like, even when you're going well, you still have stuff to work on. And so like that kind of helped me just like, and the guys on the team helped me a lot too. I remember, I think I was like, I was over 29 and spring and it was like, dude, you better not come for my record. And Jana was saying <laughs> the same thing. Cause they were, they had streaks kind of similar to me where they were like, Oh, for whatever and so mm. you kind of have to make a joke about it sometimes and like really just like take a step back and look how lucky that we that we really are because like at the end of the day it's just a baseball game but that being said you, you still take your work seriously you still go to the park every day to try to get your work in and make sure you're doing um the best of your ability to try to get better so like you know it, it was a bad stretch but I don't think it was as bad as I thought it, uh, it was you know yeah, definitely not. It, I think... Because um, of, yeah, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, I would be in the MLB batting two seventy-six with eight homers. when a thousand. I, was about OPS, to say I would have been like, hell yes, yeah, sign me up, you know? So it's yeah, all exactly. about perspective. And obviously, I don't want to have that stretch ever again. But, you know, it's baseball, so you, you never know what to expect. So you just got to make sure you're prepared each day. Yeah, I mean, you said it yourself. All in all,
0: crazy rookie campaign. Really good, like, as a whole. But... You know, even the umpires are trying to pull you down. One more thing I'm going to point out. At one point late, like in the season, no MLB batter had a higher percentage of -of out-of-the-zone pitches called strikes against them than you. That's just another example of things out of your control. You're ripping the ball. You're getting robbed of some pretty brutal calls. And I got to imagine it's got to be the worst feeling when, you know, you're trying to get out of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, coming from AAA, because we have the ABS, right? it's kind of tough. Like, you hear, like, oh, the umpires are better in the big leagues, but like in AAA this year we had the automatic strike zone. So like there was no biases when it came to like calls and strikes like that. A ball is a ball and a strike is a strike, no matter mm-hmm. what. You can't get that inch off the plate um that is called a strike that is actually a ball. So like coming to the show and making that adjustment was kind of a little bit because umpires did make those mistakes more than you thought. And, and obviously they're not trying, they're not out trying to get you and you know kind of screw up their calls but like at the end of the day it's like that one strike call could be the hole at bat but you know it is what it is you can't argue with them just because you know they're they're human so you, you know they're going to make mistakes but it is frustrating to look back at it and be like dan those are a lot of calls that they missed you know yep totally yeah. and i think um
0: if we see that abs uh get developed in the major leagues that would mm-hmm. definitely be beneficial for a ton of batters because um, mm-hmm. frames huge because there's some umpires yeah. that call, you know, strikes on Aaron Judge that would be strikes on you know yeah. smaller batters. So it's exactly. some adjustment that needs to be made, and I'm glad you pointed that
1: out. Yeah, and I'm short. I'm five nine, so like when the ABS, if it ever comes to this show, they're like I'm gonna be full advantage to it because I have the smallest zone there is, and I'm already oh, yeah. pretty selective. So like, you know, it's gonna help guys who. Might not be the most talented, but if they have a good strike zone awareness, and like they're gonna kind of probably benefit more often than guys who are kind of free swingers. You know, yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent.
0: Um, yeah, let's get let's get to the other side of the ball a little bit. One thing I think, hundred percent's gotta get talked more about. Talked more about is your um your defense and a small sample size in the majors last year, but you really did look unbelievably comfortable on the field, especially at second base. You didn't make a single error. So how um, important is defense to you when it comes to your game as a whole and how much extra work do you put in with your glove?
1: Yeah, like having Chapman up their base this year kind of really like put into perspective how much pride you have to take in the defense to be good at it because he was out there every day grinding and he's already the best third baseman in, in the league and he, he puts in so much work. So having him or seeing him do that kind of really made me – want to work a little bit more and i already do work on defense but like seeing him do it he was he was out there every single day he was putting in the most work so like in order to get that good you got to be the one who's going to put in the work but i know i'm not going to be like a gold glove defender like i'm just not capable of doing that but realizing that i can make every routine play so like i really pride myself on making the routine play, knowing I can be trusted to be out there just for the routine players. I'm not going to be diving all over. I'm going to try to dive all over the place, but there's going to be some balls where I can't get to and stuff like that. But just make sure I can make the routine plays every single time. And I feel like as a defender, a pitcher wants that. He, he knows, he wants that guy who's going to be reliable out there. He, that can make that routine play, just get the guy out when, when we need to. So I just want to make sure I'm reliable on that front and, you know, my arm strength isn't the best. I'm always working on that, too. And same with left field, too. Left field is not my strongest position, but I'm always out there working, making sure I can get those reps, feel comfortable out there. Because second base is kind of, is my home now. It was third mm. base coming out of high school, but second base is definitely my home now, just more comfortable there. But always trying to get better, no matter what that day is. Left field, third base, second base, just making sure I'm out there every day grinding. When
0: did you start, like, getting a feel a feel for the outfield? I know you... Weren't drafted as an outfielder, but I was wondering, mm-hmm. like, what what point in your career do you like sort of get comfortable there, like enough to play games?
1: Yeah, I played a little bit in twenty two, like they put me out there just to like you know see what I can do, and then it wasn't really until this year where I kind of really went out and played left field a lot of the time because we had a lot of guys in AAA who played infield, and so they I mean, they were really good, so like in order to get me in the lineup, I have to go out and play left. Which I, which I was okay with, as long as I got comfortable and got the reps in that day during batting practice. Excuse me, I was good. So like, just keep putting in the work, get as comfortable as you can, and you know, it's still obviously not my best position, but you know, I'm comfortable out there, and knowing I can make the plays is is big. Yeah, definitely. I think
0: mm-hmm. um, versatility is huge, especially in this game. Just making yourself available, and at yeah. the end, uh, we don't know like. Um, what Toronto's roster is going to look like coming into spring training. We still got a month of free agency left, roughly a lot of, a lot of players out there. Mm -hmm. So uh, like you said, making yourself available is definitely going to be huge when it comes down to it. Mm All right. we're, We're both Jersey kids. I know we talked a little bit about that before this started, but I had the opportunity to visit Toronto in 2018 for opening day. And it was a sick experience. We sat in one of the Rogers center hotel rooms that like overlooked the entire stadium. We had, um, we watched the game from there. We also watched a couple from the field itself. But one thing that really stuck out to me was like the city. It was it was one of my first times out of the country, and every fan yeah. that I met was super passionate. Everyone's super nice. Um, I was wondering what was that like getting your first taste of the city
1: itself? It was cool. Yeah, like you said, it's a lot different from American cities. Like it's not a New York, it's not a Philadelphia. Like the architecture is different. You know, it's a lot cleaner. I feel like that's the biggest one. It's a yeah, lot cleaner than sure. these American cities northeast cities but Philly, right? it was cool i mean like it was um it was definitely great to just like walk around and kind of just tour and just like kind of just see the sights and as soon as i got there like you know people kind of noticed me walking around because i kind of stand out with my when i had my mustache and i'm short and
0: i was you about know, to say I, I new look you got yeah, going
1: on yeah i know i got a beard going on but um yeah, at man. the time i had a stash and so it was cool just to like go around and just kind of see the sights, and it's a great city. I mean, they're very passionate about their sports and you, you want that as a player, you want your fans being passionate, whether that's good or bad, whether they're, you know, they're booing or, you know, they're cheering for you because you want that as a, as a player, just to like, you know, play hard for some, for the, for the fans, because they're going to show out every game, no matter, no matter what. So like, that's what I love about Toronto is that they're very passionate. They They love their sports. They love their city. And, need you go out there and play for them because they're the ones who, who pay our salaries, you know? So like, go out there and just get everything you
0: got each day. Totally. I feel like having a whole country, you know, rallying around you guys got to yeah. be electric. And especially, I've seen the Rogers Center get packed out uh, for those playoff yeah, games. Get and also there. just, it's crazy. It's got to be wild.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Um, I'd say you're about as under the radar as it gets when it comes to prospect status. Obviously, you're tearing the ball up when, um you got called up and you know approaching that call-up but there's probably a number of guys who don't really get talked about that would absolutely tear it up as well if they had the opportunity um is there a guy or two off the top of your head in the Jays system right now who you think deserves some more recognition or could be like a key piece of the team uh coming up this year
1: yeah rafael antigua 100 percent. he's a guy he he he's a he was a he was minor league free agent this year but he re-signed with the jays but he had a He's about five foot six, five foot seven. Never on the top thirty prospect. Uh, he didn't sign for much, kind of like me. He, he, I think he hit three hundred with like four, fifteen home runs this year. He's like I said, Jeez. he's five set five, seven. He had a nine hundred OPS in AAA, and like he's never on a prospect list at all. And he does everything well. He, he can play short, he can play third, second outfield. Is fast, steals bases. Is a really good lead off hitter. Like he just does everything well. And I think just not signing for a lot of money, just, you know, it hurts some people just because, like, you know, you're not priority number one. You, if you sign for a lot of money, you're going to get more chances. You're going to get more looks. But if, I think if you just grind your way through the top, you know, you're eventually going to come out on the other side if you're if you're really good enough. So, I mean, he's a guy who I believe should be in the major leagues. He should have got caught up last year too. He was just – you know, the J system is tough to you know, get caught up. I was lucky enough I was in the right – Situation, I was doing well, so I kind of got lucky in that aspect. But it could have been him, lucky enough. It was me, but he's a guy who who deserved a shot, whether it's Jays or another team.
0: Yeah, I mean, now Jays fans know to keep an eye on coming into this yeah. year. So I mean, 900 OPS a triple is definitely no joke. So yeah. glad you're able to point him out. Mm-hmm. And um, you mentioned a signing, and as you might know, I'm a big transactions guy, but I feel like one of the more Speaking of under the radar, uh, one of the more under the radar moves the Jays made this offseason. Offseason happened around a week ago. Uh, they promoted Matt Haig to the major league coaching staff. And for those that don't know, he's a former major leaguer himself. Spent some time with the Jays, but he spent last season as the Jays triple A hitting coach. Um, how much of an impact has he had in your pro career and the success you've had so far?
1: Yeah, he's great. He was my double A hitting coach in twenty two and in twenty three, and he is just he's probably the best city coach I, I've had. And I'm not just saying that just because you mentioned him, but he definitely is. Cause he knows the swing really well. He knows how to reach you on a personal level. And he knows that each swing is different from, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not the same guy as Bill. So like, he's not going to, you know, teach me how to swing like him or, and vice versa. So like, he knows how to reach me in a different way to reach another guy on the, on the team. So he just knows basically, Like I said, it's how to reach you, and he knows the swing more than anyone I know, and he knows what you do well, what the pitcher's trying to do. He has a game plan for that day. He has a game plan for that week. He knows what the pitcher's trying to do to you, what you should try to think when you're at the plate, and he kind of puts a little bit more confidence in you if you don't have it. And so having that as a hitting coach is huge because there are some days where you might not feel good but he's gonna be that guy who's gonna have your back and really kind of just instill in you. You know you got this. make sure your swing is right here. This is what you should be thinking. And he's not. he doesn't call you, but he knows what to say at the right time. And that's the biggest thing about him because he he's been there. he's played in the, he's played in and in the show. so he he kind of knows what it takes. Right. And so having have a guy like that up there is big because he's also like just one of the boys, too, which is a big one. So you can talk anything about life. And, and baseball. So he, he's really uh, a good
0: guy to have up there. Totally. It's huge. Um, you mentioned, he kind of came up like through the minors with you and now obviously he's in the show. So that's, um, it's going to be cool to see this uh, upcoming year. I remember when I was talking to Jano last year, he said, um, he kind of went through the minors with John Schneider as well. So when he got yeah. promoted to being manager, it was, it was a pretty cool transition for him and, you know, just really cool to see, um, players and coaches develop together it's definitely one of the special things about our game
1: yeah and it's just a credit to the you know the jays you know front office like seeing the talent that we already have there and you know because he he does deserve it he he does deserve to be out there he does deserve a promotion because he is a really good hitting coach so like a lot of guys are going to benefit from him being there and you know the shame that he's not working with Minor league guys anymore because a lot of guys can benefit from him, benefit from him, but it's good that we have him out there because you know he's just a really good guy to have there. Yep, that's awesome.
0: All right, I got one more lighthearted question for you to you know wrap mm-hmm. this whole thing up. But yeah, uh, I was going through your Instagram and I saw a picture from what I'm guessing was some kind of like dress up day. It was you and Spencer Horowitz and some. Uh, <laughs> I think it was one of them was a dinosaur costume. I was wondering
1: what the story was behind that. Yeah, so that's when we played against the Yankees in September. And that was like the only kind of rookie hazing that we had to do. So that was like kind of the only time we had to fly into like a public airport. So we had to go through, I think it was JFK or like whatever yeah. New York airport that was. So we had to walk through Tuffins, everything. So there's going to be a lot of people there. So as part of our rookie hazing, they they picked up a couple of costumes for me and Spence. I was obviously the police officer with my mustache and everything like that. Right. So yeah, the yeah. cowboy boots and Spence was in the dinosaur costume, but it was just funny walking through the airport. Everyone kind of looking at us, like, "What the hell is going on?" But I mean, it was a, it was funny. I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I wasn't embarrassed or anything like that. I was just like kind of having fun with it because everyone was having a kick out of it. So it was a, it was a cool to take pictures and everything like that. And a lot of people were coming up to us, especially Spence. Like it was like little kids that kind of like, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, roaring right, at kids Spence, and so like, yeah, exactly. And so that was fun, and the whole team had a had a big laugh. So, you know, as, as long as the team is having fun with it, that's good by me.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a good way to do it. But man. um, that's all I got for you, man. I appreciate you taking
1: the time today and I'm um, looking forward to rooting you on this year. Sweet. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.